Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I am Chris Carson. I'm DC Inshallah. And this week we are going to celebrate um, some 30th... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this week we're going to celebrate some 30th anniversaries. And uh, Are they both 30th? Yeah, they're oh, both yeah, 30th. What an awesome year for movies. 89. God damn. So we're going to talk about... Um, first we're going to talk about... Um, uh, Batman, and then eighty-nine Batman, eighty-nine Batman, and then we'll talk about uh, the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Hmm. You know, what I was thinking of today, just as like say, like to start, fucking the idea that eighty-nine Batman was uh, a novel idea at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Burton had done what? Um, Pee Wee. He did Beetlejuice, Pee Wee, and. Uh, Frankenweenie. So the idea of handing over like a multi-million dollar franchise, like this isn't just, you know, Beetlejuice, hey, you're writing your own freaky ghost story. Mm-hmm. This is like IP that's existed for mm-hmm. decades and is what beloved and, you know, they wanted been... to reinvent it and they found a little, mm-hmm. a little quirky And dude. then 30 years later, we just saw probably the most conclusive superhero movie ever. Right with Endgame, Endgame, you yeah. know, like in terms of like that movie, literally ends with a portal opening, and every character you've loved over the past ten years walking through, oh, wandering out. You don't get there without putting Michael Keaton in some fake rubber, like yeah, that. No, no, that yeah. that movie is like because other than the '66 Batman movie, which I, I'm hard pressed to call a superhero movie. In terms, I love that movie, but I agree. It's, you know, it's just camp. It's just it's more of a movie about the TV show than it is. Like yeah. we're looking at the source material and seeing how oh, we can sure. adapt this. Hundred percent. This movie was so ballsy. Like yeah. so much of it was just like this should have been just a ball of fucking shit mm-hmm. on fire. But like it's so well done. And like as as from what I've heard, hardcore Batman fans didn't like it because it was very far. But they appreciated that it finally was a darker Batman. Right. But they were still like, Joker killed his parents. Like, right. all these things. Like, he kills people. What? He has a lot of guns and missiles on everything he drives. But it was a transition movie. It had to, like, they had to go from that 60s camp. Like, you wouldn't have Christopher Knowles' Batman without the transitionary movie of right. Tim Burton's Batman. Like, count the number of canted angles in Batman. Right. It's insane. <laughs> They're clearly, like, paying homage to the uh to the 60s show when they do that so it was it's a step it's a baby step in the right direction yeah like the only other movie i can think of that has as much you know faithfulness to the character is like richard donner's superman that came before that in terms of like, oh, a yeah. live action full length richard computer. donner nailed superman exactly what <laughs> literally it's how do you think christopher reeve got the part oh my god oh that's awful they crippled him to keep him silent i was about to say <laughs> Wasn't gonna touch it. It was low hanging fruit, but God bless you, you took it. Listen, Dick, I think I really need to tell the public about what happened and how I got this role. And you just cut to him like carving into his horse's hoof. I'll <laughs> <laughs> make sure Reeves goes down. Goes down in the third. <laughs> but sir, make sure Reeves, Reeves goes, goes down. down. And the Superman curse. All the people who play Superman. I guess that's been. I guess. Only um, Dean, what was his name? The TV Superman? Dean, Dean Kane. Dean Kane's career was crippled, but he's still physically fine. He's still physically, I guess the, oh, the original guy, 
I forget his name. He the shot black himself. Shot himself. And then there was Brandon Ruth, who he's. I guess his career. He's the Adam. He's the Adam now in the the DC shows. Yeah, he is. And then Henry Cavill's got um, uh, the Witcher. Uh, the Witcher. So there you go. It's broken. The curse is broken. The curse, the curse, well, Christopher Reeve broke the curse. How ironic. You're, you're just you're just bringing this down. I'm We're trying to talk about Batman. You're talking about down. snuffing Christopher Reeve. No. God damn it, Carson. Sorry. God damn it. I can't help. Anyways. But, like, uh, the idea that, like, they took that movie so seriously. We're going to have, like, Michael Keaton delivering a sincere performance about a broken dude who was mm-hmm. so fucked up in the head he has to dress like a giant bat and mm-hmm. punch people to feel functional. I, that seems to me why they picked Tim Burton, because he was about this, like, bizarre psychology. Because he approached it saying, like, Bruce Wayne wouldn't be a suave billionaire. He'd be a fucking little weirdo. Yeah. Who put on a weird suit and went out in, in his insanity and beat up criminals. Yeah, that's true, because Adam West played him very much just like, he was yeah. just charismatic. He was just Adam West yeah. for all intents and purposes. Well, all Bruce Wayne's have been pretty charismatic ever since. Mm. Uh, yeah, Affleck? Affleck, I guess he's down in his underground wrestling pit. He played him more like a drunk... Fucking, like those shoes. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a drunk me hat. Or maybe that's just Ben Affleck. Maybe that's just Ben Affleck. I can't say for sure. Clooney was just Clooney. Clooney was Clooney. Uh, you know, I was talking about just the other day. I kind of like Christian Bale's idea. Like, I'm just going to play Bruce Wayne like Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Like this airheaded, I have, I'm rich off daddy's money, mm-hmm. moron who shows up in a helicopter with four supermodels. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, there's no way that dude could be Batman. He's a fucking arrogant prick. It's the best disguise. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> like, and uh, it's purely from American Psycho, too. Yes, totally. Straight up American Psycho. But Keaton has this unique way of just, like, my favorite scenes. Well, we should open, like, two, two, three cases of champagne. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just the way he's, like, this eclectic dude of, like, I don't really know if I have a lot of money. Yeah. Like, I'm just rich and I don't know why. I'm just here. And then I, Alfred's crying about how he's destroying the Wayne name. Your father built that name. I was talking about Keaton. Oh, you're talking about Keaton? Keaton's, like, I think Keaton's way of playing Bruce Wayne of just, like, this eccentric... Oh, I missed that. Yeah, sorry. I guess it is just Michael Keaton. Now that I think about it, yeah. like his version. You know what? I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Exactly okay, with, yeah. the, with the squints and the yeah, head yeah. turns. Like he's just very much. You wouldn't think that guy's a superhero either. No, I like the way that's his way of subverting Batman. Which is well, except for when he's literally hanging from a fucking steel bar. That was kind of odd. He sleeps <laughs> upside down. And uh, he kind of dropped all that in the sequel because Bruce Wayne was this weird little shut-in billionaire in the sequel who just mm-hmm. sat in his dark room and then had, like, Selena Kyle over in front of his massive fireplace that would have been so hot to have sat in front of <laughs> Maybe between movies it was losing Vicky Vale where he realized, like, I am not an adjusted like, human done. being. <laughs> you know, everyone seems to accept me now. The commissioner just calls me yeah. all the time. I have a bad signal on the side of my house now. Yeah. That wasn't a thing a year ago. Yeah. Does he really need a secret, ide- a secret identity when the police are completely supporting of his methods? <laughs> Is that, is that required? It is you're making more work for yourself, Bruce. Is it? Yeah. He is Michael Keaton. You yeah, try Michael talking Keaton. sense to that, man. With his little billionaire ascot and his little fro. Oh, his cute little fro. Yeah. His little, like, 90s Michael Keaton fro. 90s Jewish fro. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, fucking Elfman. What else had Elfman done at that point? Danny fucking Elfman. Um, he'd done Beetlejuice. Yeah. And... Other than the Burton flicks, like, I don't think he... I think he was just Oingo Boingo right? at that point, and then Tim Burton kind of grabbed him for Beetlejuice, and then... The dude writes a Batman theme that, to this day, is, mm-hmm. to me, the definitive Batman theme. Like, mm-hmm. if you play that anywhere, like, it, I can't think of... It's, like, as much as I love Hans Zimmer's, um... Nolan music, mm. it's nowhere near as no, like... No, it's just like a driving force. Mm. It's, the, it's the anarchy of the character. This captures that film noir, mm-hmm. brooding, moody, like dark aspect. Horrors, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember a story uh, from one of the makings of about how 
uh, who was the producer? The crazy guy that Kevin Smith always rips on. Um, Peters something? Jonathan, John Peters? or John, I think it's John Peters. John Peters? Oh my god, he's going to the story like the back of my hand. He came in and uh, was like, alright, play me the music! I want to hear what the music is! And Danny Elfman was playing all his little, little like, B themes, and he, they, Russell, or Russell Peters, John Peters, <laughs> Russell Peters, is going to hit him so hard. Yeah. Um, uh, just wasn't impressed and was like checking out and, and, and Tim Burton just went play him the main theme and so Danny did the main theme and Russell and Russell John Peters just freaked out and he was like okay you're tired you nearly lost your job there but that's you're, hilarious you're still in because of that main theme you know Batman 89 is the first movie I remember watching mm-hmm. um, I was probably two and a half or three mm-hmm. and we got on VHS and we're watching it at home and I remember because it goes through the logo, the Bat logo at the beginning, this gargantuan version of it. Mm-hmm. And my dad, being my dad, pulls out, shows the logo. He's like, oh, it's the Bat's teeth. Because it looks almost like this weird rotate. Right. And for years, dude, you thought it was I couldn't teeth? see it as a Bat. It drove me nuts. Like, why is it just teeth? Do Bats no teeth? Not like that. They don't have a round, like, canine. They got, like, pointy-ass bat vampire teeth. Yeah, the fruit ones are little wolves, or little uh, foxes, and then the vampire ones have those two. But my dad's my dad. He's just like, it's the teeth. So, anyways, that's just a long way of saying of, like, that's the first movie I remember sitting there and being like, what is... You can tell (laughs) stories with videos? Like, what is this? Jurassic Park was that for me. Mm. Um, Batman, I remember, I saw uh, in theaters when I was seven. And the only real memory I have from it is being horrified at the Joker's leg attached to the statue at the end. Because Jack Nicholson actually pulled his one leg up and then really let the other one fall down. And I was, as a little kid, I was just waiting for the leg to rip to off. To rip off, yeah. It still bugs. horrified me. To this day, even whenever the gargoyle breaks off, I'm like, that would just pull your leg off like a piece of meat. Pop it out. Like, oh. Yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> it is gnarly. Did you hear about who might be the next Batman? Robert Pattinson. What do you think, dude? I don't know. I'm torn on it because he's a really great actor. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see him outside of Twilight, you're like, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. But he himself, I guess maybe as brute, like, I was, as soon as I heard the announcement, I was looking at Robert Pattinson shit and just watching him on uh, Colbert. And he's such, like, a mimbo. He is so dumb. <laughs> like, he was talking about a play he was in about existentialism. Sure. And Colbert was, like, breaking it down for him. He's like, I just show up and remember my lines. And he was, like, giggling. I was like, oh, you're a mimbo. You're just a male bimbo. So, do you think they're maybe going for, like, a more Tony Stark, charismatic, billionaire Bruce Wayne kind of angle? I don't know. Because I don't think they're going to keep going dark and brooding. No, like they're, I think they've learned. Yeah, yeah. But then Batman has to be dark and brooding, or else why make Batman? I, but that's what I'd be interested to see, if they were able to find, like, somewhere... Like, do you remember... Okay, so there's Batman the Animated Series, but then there was also the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Justice League, Batman was dark and brooding, but he wasn't nearly as, like, serious as right. the Animated Series he version. branding people and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they could just do that, find a way to dial him back a little bit... Mm-hmm. and but just don't ha- go full camp. Don't go full camp, yeah. and but every now and then he just says something dark and fucked up, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, right, he is fucking Bruce Wayne. I, I don't know. I think it could be an interesting take. I had the exact same reaction I had to him being cast as Batman as Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? That dude won an Oscar. And like you said, when I see this dude in other stuff other He's than Twilight, yeah. I like him, so I'm like, give him a shot. Like, I think the only X factor for me is that he was cast in Twilight because he already has that face like a vampire. Yeah. He has the two larger canine teeth that stick out in this weird narrow jaw. Yeah. So I can't imagine he's going to look cool as Batman. 
and he's got kind of a wonky eye too. It's so, CGI that shit. Once they paint black around them eyes, you maybe. won't notice. Every time I look at him, I'm like, "You're a great actor," and all I can see is a vampire. I yeah. can see why you're cast they as a vampire. Had, they had hid uh, Christian Bale's eye mole underneath that cowl for three movies, and you never noticed. He was what did I, I saw him in a clip where he was wearing a mask, and his eyes are actually like wonky. Are they a little off? And then his face was so narrow. I was like, "He's gonna look so stupid in the cowl." Like, they're going to have to really earn their money designing his cowl. Maybe they'll finally give him the cool glowing night eyes. Maybe. And just cover it up. Just cover it up. Yeah. Maybe they'll adapt that one uh, comic run where Batman became Dracula. Oh, right, the vampire. Oh, dude, if they went that route, that'd be ridiculous. It'd be a little too on the nose. I think people would be more pissed and anything. Like, that's why you cast them, you yeah. sons of bitches. Is this also going to be set in the eighties? Are they just are they just working towards so. an eighties Justice League? I think so. That's so stupid. But like, wait, wait, how would it be an eighties Justice League? We've already seen Diana fight with Bruce Wayne in modern times. But this is supposed to be a twenty year old Bruce Wayne. That's a fifty year old Bruce Wayne. So Diana's this isn't the first time they've met. It's not the same universe. No. No, so they're all building a new Justice League from Robert Pattinson's Batman? It's confusing, because I don't even know... I think this might be 100% standalone, too. I think they might be going the direction of their animated movies, where it's like, this movie's not connected to anything. Like the Joker movie. Because mm-hmm. right now, all that's connected is um, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. That's it. Okay. And, I think, and Shazam. And Shazam. Technically. Okay. I think, uh, Superman actually shows up in Shazam. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't seen him, but I think from the neck down, yeah. he apparently he shows up. In the uh, in the suit, in the Zack Snyder suit. Well, there you go. I yeah. mean, that's the way to go. I mean, because Batman, to me, exists kind of timelessly. We've seen Pirate mm-hmm. Batman, we've oh, seen yeah. Future Batman. He was campy for like 30 years in the comics. Exactly. So the 60s show is, is Batman. Like, if any of the DC superheroes you can take out of time and make them jump around, yeah. like, I think that would work. I wouldn't mind watching like 50s Batman with Zeppelins and shit like yeah. that. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I really want the Zeppelins to show up in God. Yeah! That's all I want. Come on! I want to see the Zeppelins. Film noir Batman. Yeah. Like. But, um, yeah, AI Batman I was obsessed with. I was obsessed with that. I, I played with that Batman toy until it was, like, just a hunk of plastic. Yeah. so worn down. Was yep. the belt that came out? I didn't have that one, no. That I was the know. original guy. Yeah. I, I, I really wish I'd hung on to him. God, and just in terms of, like, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, staging and impress... Like, you know, we, no one's ever seen a movie on that scale. Superman doesn't have a cadre of gadgets and vehicles at his yeah. disposal. Seeing the Batmobile roll up yeah. for the first time, seeing the Batwing come screaming out of the sky, yeah. seeing even just like him use the grappling hook for the first time, all that shit, all that tech. It's like the first time you saw Iron Man, you saw the armor walk around him, you're like, holy fuck, you yeah. can do this with these movies? Oh, his like, utility belt's actually awesome, it's not just a <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Did you did you notice, I sent you the picture because we were talking about the Batmobile paint job. The, the tint of blue the tint in it. tint of blue yeah. and purple in there. Yeah. So that's great, I really like that, so I guess for anyone listening, uh, Anton first, who died after the first Batman came out, so he didn't get to make the second one, which is probably why that bat water ship looks so stupid. It does look really It bad. looks so stupid. Yeah. But he painted, like, I don't know what the phrase for it is. Is it pearlescent? Yeah, Where pearlescent. it's layers of paint? I would say that works, yes. Yeah? <laughs> I thought, I don't, honestly... Pearlescent, I, I think, is just, like, that the incandescent shine. Shine Yeah, shine. yeah. Because the Batmobile, he did layers. So he did, like, uh, glossy black and then, like, a layer of green, a layer of purple, a layer of blue, and then glossy black again. So mm-hmm. at different angles, you could see it was, like, an oil slick. Yeah, yeah. And then for Done the sequel, unsuccessfully on a bunch of bro cars nowadays, usually in vintage yeah. on a Trans Am. And you can't really, and done unsuccessfully <laughs> in the movie too, because the film stock they used was so green. Yeah, you can't see you it. Couldn't even see it. And then in the sequel, they just uh, did a black matte paint job. Just, I bet you it's because of a budget thing. They're like, it's a lot cheaper, and no one noticed the first no time. No one even around. noticed it. Yeah. yeah. 
And I guess it was too also thematically about the layers of Batman and the connection between him and the Joker, so it didn't really work in part mm, two. Yeah. It was a sad day when Anton first died. Yeah, awesome. that look of, like, also, have you, you must have seen it, but if anyone listening hasn't, look up the behind-the-scenes photos of the set they built for Gotham City. Oh, yeah. It's literally a fucking city. <laughs> like, insane. You don't see production value like that anymore, oh. and that's what I love so much about that movie is when you watch it, I'm thinking specifically about the scenes where Bruce lays down the flowers for his parents mm-hmm. and the City Hall scene, like, it's your Uncle Bingo, that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you Time look, to pay the check. Yeah, when you watch those scenes, what I love about it is that it's familiar but obscure. It looks like a city, but not one you've ever seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So your brain is forced into, like, your suspension of disbelief is immediately, like, lifted. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm, in, I'm there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't recognize any of this shit. This looks like some industrial nightmare. Yeah, it's like something, like, someone just walked into an abandoned factory and tried to build a city into it. Yeah. Like, it's such a bananas aesthetic. And uh, the only downside to those grandiose sets is that in every shot you can see the uh, the, the theater in the background somewhere. The Monarch Theater. Oh. Like when he's on the city steps, you can see it off in the corner. And then when he's in the alleyway, you can see it around where he walked in. Because it's all just that two right. they built. And then you only have so many angles. You have so you can many do. angles. So the Monarch Theater kept showing up. I was like, why is he just hanging out on this one street? If you listen carefully, you can hear 89 Batman, uh, Tim Burton, be like, fuck you! Yeah. Oh, this was to rally together. Yeah, you can see the theater. Yeah, what do you want? I watched a... Just to veer off just for a moment, I watched a making of... I rewatched The Abyss recently, James Ooh. Cameron's The Abyss. I didn't like it at all. I could, I totally get why that's the only movie he's had that's bombed. It kind of sucked. But um, the making of it's insane, because they actually found an old like nuclear cooling tank and filled it full of millions of gallons of water and built the set underwater. Oh, cool. So it's it's so vast and expansive. Them just swimming around, it looks like they're at the bottom of the ocean. Sure. It's insane. And He's uh, got a weird water fetish, that guy. He does have a very weird water yeah. fetish. Yeah. But after seeing, like, it just, not not to shit on the fucking Batman sex, it's awesome, but after seeing the Abyss set, I was like, that's kind of the pinnacle of sets. Because mm. that's right during transition, too, where everything was starting to go away from practical stuff and away from CGI. Do you think that's, because Cameron's really infamous for that. He built a fucking full-scale Titanic and yeah. sank that shit. So, Burton, not so much, known for, like, no, met- just goes whatever's easiest I yeah guess. so who you think that's a production uh, John Peters kind of was just like we should go big or go home on this thing Maybe. we should have to build fucking yeah. Gotham City well I guess the thing how much didn't the Batman cost like 80 million dollars it's like, a lot I think it's one of the most expensive movies ever made in 89 yeah, yeah. just for inflation it was huge so yeah. I guess they just went nuts there was probably a lot of cocaine going around <laughs> let's, just, let's just build Gotham City just build it what are we making remember Adam West yeah that yeah. show yeah. whoa yeah. <laughs> I want the Batmobile to actually be able to drive really fast, but we don't need to. I want to drive really fast! Who's that? Prince? What's he doing here with the soundtrack? Fuck! <laughs> By the way, one of the best soundtracks um, ever yeah, written. The, that ever was made. a last minute decision, too. That was, again, it's so much weird the birth of the modern movies happened with Batman. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Warner had just signed Prince to the record label. Right. So they were tracking Batman to be huge, but at the last minute they were like, we're putting Prince songs in your movie. But it worked. And it worked. It worked so well. It worked weirdly well. I think it's because the dude was really, because you know, he was all about duality. He was really attracted to the idea of just like, if you watch the video for Bat Dance, it's Bat really not, dance. it's not subtle at all. 
But, like, he was, like, originally, I believe, if I remember right, it was supposed to be him and Michael Jackson working on oh, the really? soundtrack together. Yeah. And so, like, you know, this kind of, like, duality of these two great actors, yeah. Batman and Jack Nicholson coming together. Yeah. And Prince was like, I don't know, it was probably Prince uh, was just like, I'm not doing it if he's on it. Yeah. Like, I'm a one-man act. I don't team up with Fuck fucking people. right off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And c- come on, to be fair, he is fucking Prince. He is the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, yeah. He, he's his royal badness. You don't tell him what to do. But um, that, that soundtrack, man, it, it works so well. And also, like, gone, you know, to Bang King Bass Near. You heard that story? No, really? Okay, so. Prince did? Oh, yeah. Um, so after that movie, Prince and Kim Basinger got real close, real fast, and they started dating, and she helped produce her album. If you go online she right has now. an album? Oh, yeah. You go online and Google it, you can find a track. I forget the name of it, but it's essentially just light music in the background of Prince and Kim Basinger fucking. Paisley Park employees said they came in the room and just found honey and filth all over the piano and the mixing board. <laughs> I kind of really want to hear that now. It's fascinating. And it was on her album. Like, yeah. If that's on YouTube and won't get us a copyright strike, I'll throw a <laughs> clip in right here. Right here. But uh, that's, that's insane. Yep. So thank you, Batman. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have had that. <laughs> thank you, Prince. Oh, thank God bless you. Do you think this was why Michael Jackson was so insistent on being Spider-Man afterwards? Because he was burned on Batman? Was he insistent on being Spider-Man? He, he was, like, desperate to be Spider-Man. He almost bought the rights from Marvel just so he could play Spider-Man in a movie he was going to pay for. Wow. He was desperate for Spider-Man. Maybe they, that was mid. Like, they were just like, you want to work on Batman? He's like, fuck no. I want to be Spider-Man. I want to be Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Clings the wall. <laughs> uh, maybe he just wanted an excuse to hang out with a lot of underage high school kids. So that's the, also the thing. Again, low-hanging fruit. I was trying to dance yeah. around that. But... I, I, I never dance around the fact that Michael Jackson's a fucking pedophile. I just love the idea of Spidey <laughs> oh. swinging around. And he's just his jerry curls, like, leaving a stain <laughs> on the back of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he's swinging back and forth. Moonwalking up a wall. <laughs> we all know it's you, Mike. Like, you're not subtle about it at all. Do you think he would have played Peter Parker White? <laughs> mm, likely, yeah. No reason for him not to. Macaulay Culkin would have been fucking Harry Osborn. Maybe it would have been a whole different world. A whole different world. <laughs> Maybe his doctor was a huge Spider-Man fan. He was like, I cannot let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> A little too, a little too late. <laughs> They're making another one. And I don't care why he's not. Sick. It's not happening. He's, he's going to get his hands on Wolverine or something. I don't know. It's not oh Jesus! Um, do you want to talk about uh, Last Crusade a little? Did we know with Batman? Um, now it's on the Indie Land. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, it has. Back. I does it have a higher track record. Who has a higher track record of more favorable films at oh. this point? Uh, uh, Tim Burton or Steven Spielberg? Uh, Batman or Indiana Jones? Oh, Indiana Jones. He's got two out of four. I like Temple of Doom. I think it, it's retroactively better because of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. 
Because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is so bad. It like, is. so unwatchably bad that now I watch Temple, I'm like, this is so quaint. I have a hard time with Temple, I'm yeah. not going to lie. Like, I think the girl's completely different. They didn't just do Marion too. She's unbearable. She's unbearable, but at least she's a unique character. Sure, but just it doesn't change the fact she's unbearable. Um, Spielberg just wanted to I still like Short Round, despite the fact yeah, that like, I love that character. And the whole last 40 minutes is insane. Is, yes. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Once that movie has a purpose, yeah. it's all good. But it starts with the Club Obi-Wan scene. We crash around in yeah. Nepal. There's some rocks. We're going to go to this yeah. uh, castle to find homeboy. Sexy little Indian Oh, children. and now there's a purpose of the movie. But like, up until then, you're like, there's nothing. They're just fucking around. Yeah. And I can't stand that first like, 40, 50 minutes yeah. of that movie. I'm just like, oh, God. And then it's literally like it could have been one shot because it's real time. As soon as Indy gets the, the the goop put in him so yeah. he goes insane. Yeah. From that moment till the end credits is just one continuous like action set piece. Pretty much, yeah. Just non stop I don't know time. I don't know why they included the whole opening with the nightclub. I guess because they wanted him to be a little so globe trotting kinda of. I remember I think that's what it was. I remember reading an article where they're like we wanted him to be kinda of bond like where yeah. he does go all over the, the suit. Yeah. He's in the, the the dinner suit. So I, I don't know, like I love that trilogy, but I do tend to skip the first couple minutes of, of Temple of Doom. It's just, it's not great. It's sort of like how much better uh, uh, Return of the Jedi got after The Phantom Menace, to me. Where I'm like, even the worst decisions in Temple of Doom are so much yeah. vastly superior sure, sure, sure. to the decisions made in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, also it gets harder with like movies that are made that far after the point, because it's like, you had the technology and means and reference points to yeah. make this a, a knockout, and instead, these people with more limited means and technology made a far more successful film. Yeah. Like and It's also the one I watched the least, Temple. So I think yeah. that adds to it, too. Yeah. Because now as an adult, going back and going, hey, i got to watch the indie trilogy. Temple's the one I remember least, so it's almost like a fresh Indiana Jones experience. It is. So that kind of adds to it, too. That's true. I'll agree with that. We were like, I don't really remember the beats of this movie. Is that yeah. Dan Aykroyd at the yeah. airport? What is, is going a, on? A British dude? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we're talking about Last Crusade. We're talking about Last Crusade. Which, yeah, that one I love, even though it's does just borrow a lot from Raiders. It is kind of just beat for beat Raiders. Raiders 2.0. And it's I went down, I was watching a bunch of, watching and reading a bunch of original reviews for it, and a lot of people were like, it's Raiders, but not as fun. It, it, which be, is accurate. Which is accurate. <laughs> but I really do enjoy it. I love that it gets, a, like, they actually, Indiana Jones isn't in his trademark outfit until the last 15, oh, yeah. 15 minutes of the movie, oh, yeah. which was their attempt to sort of say this is this character's more than his silhouette. Right. Which is fine. I like that. I, like I, I love that. Yeah. I love that whole opening in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my person. Ah, Venice. Ah, Venice. Come on. Hot Nazi chick. Yeah, yeah I love hot Nazi chick. Who, uh, apparently, <laughs> um, um, Sean Connery improvised the line of she talks in her sleep. She was never having intended to have slept with Sean Connery's father. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. But they, did they just write it in? Because it comes up again during the Zeppelin scene. Um, I guess they would have had to have added it. Right? Yeah. Oh, that, was just, that was an improv by Sean Connery and Spielberg was like, Beautiful. Which is even funnier because Sean Connery kind of makes this face. Like, yeah, yeah you heard me. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, even funnier. Oh, that's hilarious. So I guess they would have retrofitted it. Yeah, oh, Spielberg so... usually shoots sequentially. Like, he doesn't usually shoot out of order. Right. He tends to shoot from beginning to end like he shot all of uh, E.T. Um, sequentially that's what I was about to say that must have been a pain in the ass because you have to start the forest film all that shit and then come back to the forest oh for E.T. yeah yeah he did it just because he wanted because he knew he was working with child actors and he didn't want them to have the added burden of 
okay, today I have to get in the headspace of the beginning of the that movie. That makes sense. Now I have to be at the end of the movie. Okay. So we're literally when they're saying goodbye to E.T. Is, was there like their last day of production, so they were saying goodbye to each other. So he was actually like fueling that emotion. Oh, that makes sense. Because Drew right. Barrymore's performance in that scene, you're like, how are you better yeah. in this than you've ever been in anything else yeah. you've ever done? Except, uh, ex- I don't know, I, I was going to say she doesn't have a sex tape, but I joke up. <laughs> <laughs> Except for her Playboy spread? I, I don't Except know. the time she flashed David Letterman, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> who was the sad, sad older actress who tried to recreate the Halle Berry flashing? And uh, and Letterman was actually just like, oh, oh, well, th- thank you for that. And he was so awkward by it. Courtney Love? Maybe. Courtney Love it was did it. Courtney too. Love, yeah. And th- yeah, it was Courtney Love. Yeah. And then Dave's reaction was just like, oh, <laughs> oh I, oh, fuck. <laughs> Paul's just like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and David's just burning his eyes out. Uh, Biff's crying. <laughs> she just wanted to hop on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, I do love, you know, one of my favorite parts of Raiders is like, in terms of like, okay, we did the truck sequence in the first one, the motorcade. Mm-hmm. How do we one up it? Fucking tank. tank. Fuck you with a tank. Yeah. This is one of the coolest things. I remember being a kid. And just becoming immediately obsessed because what I love about Indy is that it is Star Wars's cousin, mm-hmm. has a lot of like similar DNA, i.e., big lumbering, huge metallic, unstoppable yep. weapons. They're both based on old serials. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just remember watching that movie and being like, "Is that a real tank?" And you Google it. I gun to my head. I won't remember what the actual name is, but sure enough, it yep. was a real fucking real thing that they actually just talked over a cliff. Which is badass. Yeah. You're just like everything. You can see the puppet of the guy. Yeah. I don't know. That's some of my favorite yeah. parts. The way and because the way he smacks into the rocks and bounces around. Yeah. It's horrifying. The I also forgot about the plane sequence. I'm jumping all over the place, but like, oh my god, the fucking plane sequence in that movie. Mm-hmm. In terms of just ambitiousness, that movie, I think. I don't know. I would have to do like a, a sit down and chart it out, but I think that movie has more action beats per minute. Oh, for sure. Than Raiders does because it, it Raiders is a slow build to a climax. Um, same with Temple, obviously. And yes. Last Crusade is yeah. like it's it's almost following that modern format of ten minutes action scene. Yeah. Ten yeah. minutes action yeah, yeah, yeah. scene. Ten minutes action scene. With a prequel and everything. Yeah. Any prequel crammed at the beginning. Indy's first adventure. That's right. And it's great. It's um that tank scene. Uh, yeah, I was obsessed with that as a kid. Yeah. I remember as a little kid being like seven years old and just desperately wanting the toy set because they didn't have Indiana Jones toys and I just would have fantasies of having the indie toys in the tank and be able to play with them and shit rolling it towards the stairs with your action yeah. figures on top of yeah, it like exactly. oh. yeah that's one of my favorite moments of cinema history I love the way that they don't give the German subtitles so that he has to act through his hands like when he's mimicking blowing the yeah, car yeah, off yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that actor I don't know his name but he's one of the best Nazi henchmen yeah. in cinema history what was his name the, not the actor but the character. Air Storm no they say it at one point they do say it at one point but he's it's a, it's an odd name I used to know this Mm, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> that Google movie, it and leave a comment. That movie also know. brings back two Star Wars Imperial veterans mm-hmm. back as Nazis. Donovan and... You got Donovan, who was General Veers during the Battle of Hoth, and then, uh, what was his face? Admiral Lozel, the man who came out of the speed too close to the Hoth system. Who was he in? in... He's Hitler. Is he Hitler? He is Adolf Hitler. He's Hitler. Actually, he has double duty in Indy. He's Adolf Hitler, and he's the submarine captain in Raiders whenever Indy's hiding on the back. Yeah. He's charting out the position. I think he still has the same Hitler the mustache. mustache. He's <laughs> they just Hitler. Yeah, they tri- Maybe he's, yeah. Maybe he's just like Hitler on a... But he couldn't spell his name properly. Does he misspell Hitler? He misspells Adolf. 
when he signs it on the close-up. How does he, he spell it? Um, I don't remember which one's right. It's, I don't know if PH is right and F is wrong. F is right. F is right, so he PHs then. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I have to rewind. You think Spielberg of anyone would like, be like, mm. I have an interest in these sort of things. I plan on making a movie about <laughs> yeah. this one day. I have a vested interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you misspelled Adolf. But the whole father and son stuff is great. That whole moment, like, to this day, kind of wells me up. When Henry thinks Indy's dead. <gasps> yes. And he comes climbing up. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I had a friend who had never seen it before. We were watching it on home video. And when Indy went over the cliff, he started freaking out. He's this real emotional guy. And I just it was such a little shit. And I was like, yeah, no, he's dead now. It's like the rest of the movies, the rest of them. Like, this, right? this is the last crusade. It's right? fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he crawls up the cliff and he's yeah. a fucking piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I love the uh, the subtext in those movies that Indy was supposed to be, I think if I remember right, it was supposed to be Bond's granddad. He's supposed to be related to James Bond in some way or shape or form. Like, he's the precursor to Bond. Well, it's and, the 60s Sean Connery Bond. Uh, yeah, in the sense that he's supposed to be like this globe-trotting, womanizing... Yeah kind of adventurer dude who fights like super organizations yeah. and their way of driving that home was like well let's just cast James Bond as his fucking as his father, father. Yeah. despite the fact that Sean Connery is only 12 years older than Harrison yeah. Ford you're like it works it works so well and he turned by that point Harrison Ford had gone into that next stage of his life by Last Crusade because he was 35 in 1981 when the first indie came out mm-hmm. so he was hitting 40 for Last Crusade and he if you watch him back to back he's so svelte and he has, still has that young, like, thinness to him in he does. Temple, Temple yeah. and Raiders. And then Last Crusade, he's looking a little thicker. He does. You know, you mentioned that one. Because I'm thinking about the scene where he... <laughs> one of my favorite scenes where he's pretending to be the Scottish Lord. That's <laughs> 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 the worst so, Scottish accent it's ever. It's so random. Like, I don't know, again, like, if I it was... It was one of the screenwriters ideas, yeah. which is like, it's like, it's just that Harrison play make an ass of himself because he's usually this cool, suave, low yeah. dude. It just doesn't seem like a plan Indy would have had. No, you know? it's so random, <laughs> and all it does is get them into the castle. It's like it, it's all that it does. You could just open the door and punch him in the face. Literally, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking of that scene. He is definitely he looks more like a teacher than he does. Yeah, August. he's got the, his neck thickening up. His neck is thick. He's hitting that forties thickening up slow now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and he didn't just. It was weird that Harrison Ford. I don't know if J.J. Abrams just beat him mercilessly to get a performance out of him for Force Awakens. Yeah, because he just he's working with Spielberg for Indy Four, and he does not give a fuck in that. But movie. maybe that's what it is. Is that like because he liked Indiana Jones, though he hated Han Solo. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just the paycheck was better. I imagine Disney ponied up a lot of money to get him to back get him as back. Han Solo, but for Indiana Jones, like this is more of a favor to my friends. Yeah, you maybe. know, like. Part time, yeah, uh, lordy. <laughs> he was like in a coma for that whole movie. Yeah, every line he delivered was it, just so awkward. It's not his fault. Can you imagine being him coming back for that movie and they're like throwing a green screen for this entire car uh, chase sequence? Yeah. You got this fucking schlubby kid pretending to be your son. You're like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, I. Uh, this is gonna sound like a slightly humble braggy, but um, I met when I went uh, Jeremy Bullock. Uh, Boba Fett. I met the dude several times over generations and he never remembers me. But, um... <laughs> uh, one time we were talking for a while about um, the convention scene. And he's like, you know, there was a problem we had with George for a while because, you know, he said that we didn't really deserve a lot of uh, shares into, like, the sales of the merchandise 
which is ridiculous because he's not at these events. We are. Like, mm-hmm. me, Peter, and, you know, Mark, we, we come to these things and, like, fans come out, but they buy the merchandise. He gets all the money. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. All he does is, and he kind of petered off, and the Crystal Skull had just come out. And I was like, all he does is make bad sequels to Indiana Jones. And Jeremy both just went, oh, what was that? <laughs> what was that? He's like, I'm friends with Ray Winstone. We worked on Sherlock Holmes together back uh, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were talking to each other while he was filming. I was like, how's it going? And he, Ray Winstone was like, apparently everyone in the crew knew, like, as they were making it, like, this is going to be a train wreck. I think that's probably the answer right there. Yeah. Harrison Ford is probably just like, ah, I can't believe they're sinking my favorite character. Yeah. 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 Remember Spielberg in that one interview? He's like, he's like they're, they're interdimensional beings, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Because he actually is like, I had them right into the sunset. <laughs> I didn't, ke- I, it was over for me. <laughs> I was done with Raiders pictures. <laughs> I love the idea. I love it. Cuts back to Georgie. He's like, so basically, these beings struck yeah. so hard to bail the water out of this ship. Like, oh god, that movie was was so atrocious. And they're making another one. Yeah, they are making another one. So my theory is it's going to be old man Harrison Ford telling a story about, about young man, young, and then Spielberg's not good at casting anymore, though. Like, he just casts whatever the studio tells him. Whoever the studio tells is him he in charge of casting? Well, he's the director. So well, I imagine you'd have a casting director for that stuff. But he gets final the final say. say. Like casting director goes and gets all the footage of everybody, and mm-hmm. then he watches it and picks one. But to have picked Shia LaBeouf as Indy's kid was a fucking misstep. Yeah. So I can't imagine who Disney's going to ram down his throat. Who's like Aaron Alderike there for Han Solo? Right. Who is Disney going to be going like, well, this guy's big right now, so we need to get his attention so we can get him at the Oscars and blah blah blah. That's true. If they were smart, they're going with an unknown, but I yeah, can't but see I them doing that, that. An unknown who can do a fucking Harrison Ford impression because I don't care about your interpretation of a character. Like Aaron Alderike's interpretation of Han Solo can go fuck itself. <laughs> Just be Han Solo. <laughs> But that and that's, that brings up the next question because the franchise is called Indiana Jones. If you were smart enough to call it Globetrotters, you could have put whoever you want. There you want, yeah. So now you have the response being like, "Well, do we just do young Indy in perpetuity until he catches up and surpasses yeah. Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones, or do we have it be his kid and we just keep the moniker Indiana? Do we make it his grandkid? Make it set in contemporary times? And his kid's name is Indiana. Maybe just a nickname. Indiana Jones the third. The third. Henry Jones. <laughs> Henry, Henry the third. Jones the third, yeah. And he just well, because Mutt. It would have to be the adventures of Mutt Williams. Mutt think, Williams. I think they say officially say like we're that's not. I can't imagine we're not they bring a, yeah. Shia LaBeouf back. We'll not even bring him back. I think they're just not. It's going to be like Last oh. Crusade to Temple of Doom. Like we're not acknowledging no, that. Like so is he going to just have like a, a, a tan line where his wedding band was to Marion? In part oh, five. I guess he did get married to Marion. He sure did. Mary for some the underage girl he raped. He statutory raped when he was uh She still loved him. Is that fucked up though? Because remember the Oh yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. About like that was the original so that's what uh split up Abner and uh Indiana Jones in their first movie. The original because they released the, the, the conversation, the notes from the conversations that George Lawrence Kasdan and Spielberg had, and George was the one being like, She was like twelve! 12, 13, and Spielberg kept going, she better be older than fucking 12 or 13, and George was adamant that she was like 12 or 13, and Indy was like 20, and you can see it in the movie when she says, I was a child. Yeah, totally. Uh, it was weird that George Lucas was really harping on her being like 12. I meant more so that she was in love with him when she came back to Tibet, <laughs> and came back for the medallion. Italian? She's clearly into him, and that's it. It had been some time, and Abner was dead. And... I just feel like she was the first indie girl, but that's all that qualified her to be the, like, 100%. Were, were fans chomping at the bit for her him to marry Marion? No. Right? 
the, the, the girly statutory rape <laughs> at the turn of the century. <laughs> pretty fucking weird. Uh, if that's where, well, that's like the tip of the iceberg for that mover in terms of just like, really, that's the route you're gonna go? I want to see the prequel story be how he meets Marion and they cast like, like the little girl from Stranger Things. <laughs> and it's still Aaron Alderreich or whatever. Alan Solo is still in the. I just imagine George Lucas reviews Indiana Jones movie spectacular success. <laughs> oh, finally, Jesus. someone has the balls to make a movie that I care about. Someone finally got it. <laughs> Maybe that's why he sold the franchise because he was like he was sensing the whole Me Too world. He was like, man, if they find out about Little Daisy, this whole franchise will be worth nothing. I gotta sell it quick. Let's <laughs> have dinner with James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> He was the one hosting that party. He was the one tweeting. He got Gunn's <laughs> phone. And he was like, George, what are you doing? No, no, it's good. It's good. It's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> when a four-year-old pees on my head. <laughs> the only reason I ever wanted kids. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. For the record, we don't think George Lucas is a pedophile. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of compasses pointing that way. I, I, but don't, I am not dealing with his lawyers. Yeah, that's all I need. Ultimately, no, no, we don't believe that. Moment of silence. <laughs> you're going to get taken out by a bunch of stormtroopers. <laughs> he doesn't even own them anymore. It would just be him showing up. <laughs> He's in a stormtrooper outfit with his chin is sticking out underneath the mask. Inflating <laughs> like a bullfrog from anger. You sure have impugned my honor. Oh, I would love George Lucas to slap me with a white glove. <laughs> that would be amazing. So that that's, there it is, man. Two titans of 1989. Yeah, 30 years. What else came out in 1989? Did I can't even think. Batman was a big one. Batman, I think, was the big one. Did Ninja Turtles come out in 1989? The first one? I know the second one was like 92. Yeah. Maybe the first one was 90. But, um, yeah, so Last Crusade... Congratulations to 30 years of... And surviving. Of surviving the, the purchase, the buyout. You're about to be Disney-fied. There will be an Indiana Jones every two years till we're dead. As now. long as they don't get... I'm pretty they probably are going to tear it down. They'll uh, tear that, it down. That ride in Disney World. No, Land. The one, oh, the Jeep the, ride. Yeah. The Temple one. It's one of my favorite ones. Well, they tore down Jurassic Park and now it's Jurassic World, so... That would... They used to have, like, screams and shit. I think it's still a river adventure. But really? I think they're just updating it to be Jurassic World. Hmm. Which is insane, because no one, like, yeah, it's, it made a ton of money, Jurassic World. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom made, like, half the money of Jurassic right, World. Right, right. Um, no one gives a fuck about Jurassic World. They care about Jurassic Park, and they want to see the newest sequel to mm-hmm. it. So why why would you redesign your entire you theme think park? It's like one of those things where it's like we can't get any money if we use the licensing. That's Am- universe. Is it Amblin? Oh, yeah, it's Amblin? Because of Amblin. Yeah, they're like because we you know the same way like we can't use Empire Rebels or the First Order Resistance. Yeah. Do you think that it's got to be something like that? Where like that's their way around. It's like oh, it's Jurassic yeah, World. Maybe. No. Maybe it's like how they can't use the Enterprise in Star Trek. Because of the CBS Paramount, like, budding heads. Gotcha. Do they never call it Enterprise and Neighbors? Well, they just have to, it has to be 25% different in design. Aha. So that's why it looks so weird and why it's so big. And why the Enterprise in Discovery is so weird and big. Gotcha. I was wondering why they kept redoing it. Yeah. Oh. 89 was kind of a nuts year for movies, man. Uh, We got Little Mermaid, Back to the Future Part 2. Oh, yeah? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters 2, uh, Uncle Buck, 
Weekend at Bernie's, Bill and Ted's, Pet Cemetery. Bill and Ted won? Bill and Ted won. That's an insane year. It's a nuts year. Yeah. Nine. I guess we could we could do a whole podcast about half those movies. Right? Star Trek V. Well, well, stay tuned. Next week we'll do an hour on The Little Mermaid. Oh, finally. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, honestly, I've never seen The Little Mermaid. Really? Never saw it. No interest? Um, as a little kid, the, I mean, remember, I'm a child of the 80s. There was movies for little boys and there was movies for little girls. Sure. Disney had, you know, they came out with like Aladdin, that's for you fellas. Little Mermaid, that's for the ladies. Right. That's just how it was. And as a seven-year-old, you're not really thinking about, about, about the bigger picture. That head. one starts with a pirate ship, dude. Yeah, uh, it's pretty badass. Never saw it. Starts with a pirate ship and yeah, there's a chick. But you know you're you're a young lad. She's in a bikini show. <laughs> Fish bottle. Yeah, yeah. So it's confusing. And uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know. Someday I will. Someday I will never sit down and watch The Little Mermaid. But <laughs> it's pretty good, man. I Maybe I'll check it out on the Disney stream. You should service. watch it if only to see the the one. You know, like every Disney movie has some subtext of like weird racism. Mm-hmm. There's a great giant big lipped fish like this black faced fish that's like yeah, really? Oh yeah. Just watch it for that. On that note, Disney streaming service. The only Disney movie that's not going to be on it is Song of the South. They Damn are, it! And then what's the point? They are not gonna even touch that. They're like, that's a fucking Twitter like war we do not need to have <laughs> not right now. So. At all. Um, and on the last day, if you guys are, this will be a podcast uh, from a couple weeks from that we're recording it, but this summer, because of the 30th anniversary of uh, Last Crusade, a lot of theaters are playing the indie trilogy. <gasps> um, I'm in Peterborough, Ontario, if you live near there. Uh, the Galaxy Cinema is doing... All three indies. I think I might check at least one of them out. That'd be sweet. They're also uh, re-releasing Batman. I, I saw Returns. I missed Batman. Oh, you saw... Wait. It already it, happened. That yeah. already happened? They re-released yeah. 89 Batman? Yeah. Fucking duck. They got, ahead of the, uh, they got ahead of the summer blockbuster season where they could still have screens. Oh. You know what I mean? Smart move. But it was for one week, and Batman only had three shows. And Batman Returns had two shows on one day. That was it. Wow. So Sam and I went to see Batman Returns. Um, really, we're really both of us were pretty bummed out that we missed Batman because yeah. we, we found out about it on the day and we're like, "Oh, what the fuck!" And we even looked it's like it starts at an hour and it's sold out. But Man. returns on the big screen was phenomenal because yeah. it wasn't because you know a lot of theaters they just go uh, they just stick a Blu-ray on because now they're all digital yeah. projectors and it's like Scrooge. I, I think you maybe even came and we saw Scrooge and they literally saw. The Blu-ray menu was being projected before they went, Duke, and hit play. That happened when I saw Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah that's so frustrating to me. Um, but this was a remaster by the studio for the upcoming 30th anniversary uh, 4K release. Cool. So it was a brand new uh, rendition of it, and it was amazing. Damn it. The sound was amazing. I couldn't, like, for the first time in my life, the Batmobile charged by, and it rumbled in my body. Like, you know that deep bass? Like, yeah. like, oh, fuck, this is so cool. It was really good. It was really fun seeing it. Way to go, Warner Brothers. It's yeah. not like you could use the money or anything. <laughs> Way to advertise that shit, and <laughs> like, one day... But, um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Tune in next week. Well, next week for something. We'll figure something out. And, uh, yeah, make sure to check us out at SpaceActionHeroes.com. Uh, like and subscribe. Like, please like and subscribe. We just, we need validation. Validate me with your attention. <laughs> <laughs>